Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And unfortunately, Trevor has a conflict today, probably washing his hair. You know how he is. He's super vain and all. But that's okay. That's okay because we have a special treat for all you tonight. Former co-host of Football Garbage Time, Editor-in-Chief of the Burgundy and Gold Report, scouting expert extraordinaire, the one, the only, Adam. Aniba! Welcome back, Adam. How you doing? Good, man. Good. It's great to be on. Uh, my favorite time of year. Uh, again, it doesn't get old for me. A lot of people don't like talking about prospects. They just want to get to the draft. But me, I'll drag this on for another couple months if I could. Oh, man. I, just, just, I, I, and he is not joking, folks. I mean, uh, if anybody has taken a look at this 10 ways from Sunday and has every angle covered, it's Adam. <laughs> when it comes, and I'm not, I'm not joking about that. When I said scouting expert extraordinaire, I got, I got all my scouting tips from, from him from when he was to be on the show. So it's awesome having you back on here, and we're going to be talking about all this really cool stuff in a minute. I have to ask you this though, Adam, and I know I'm, I'm positive, I'm like 90% positive you haven't seen this yet, but um, on Netflix, have you seen the TV show Beast? No, but I heard about it. Yeah, so I mean, for those who don't know, it's like basically a road rage incident that spirals completely out of control and basically destroys their lives because they can't let it go. I, you know, I, I was looking at that. And I'm like, I would never do that. But then today I was like, somebody came and cut me off in, in traffic. And I'm like, damn it, now I, I, see, I can see myself being that guy. I think I can be that guy. <laughs> that is very unfortunate. I was just going to say that. I just had to say that because I, it was really easy to judge while watching it. But uh, now I back up. I'm like, okay. Maybe there's a little bit of realism there behind the scenes. Right. All right. Anyway, plenty to talk about today. Like I said, we're talking about top defensive line prospects in the upcoming NFL draft. We're talking about the draft plan and draft targets for the Washington Commanders and so much more. So, you know what? Let's get this started. Yeah, I had just had to cop to that, Adam. You know, I, I, I thought I was a good person. Turns out I'm not. You know, that just had to cop to that right <laughs> off the bat. Um, all right, let's get into our uh let's get into our draft prospects. So um as as some of you know, we've been actually going through draft prospects across the different positions. We covered quarterback two weeks ago. Last week we got some of the other p- offensive skill positions in terms of wide receiver, tight end. Uh, and running back tips. This week, we're going to focus on the defense. And what better person to have on the show than, like I said, scouting expert extraordinaire, um, Adam Aniba, who is going to talk to us about his thoughts on some of the top defensive line prospects in the upcoming NFL draft. And we're going to start with Jalen Carter, because, of course, he is um, there are certainly a lot of issues regarding Jalen Carter when there's a lot of on field uh, uh, potential with Jalen Carter. And, and as everyone knows, he was involved with a car crash and has pled no contest with respect to that. So that's out of the way now. He has a one-year probation and um, no judgment on what happened there one way or the other. But, of course, this is something that people will be looking at in terms of character. And everyone knows that getting a great player on your team is important, but character also incredibly important. So let's talk about Jalen Carter first because on the field he is um, ridiculous. Right. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he plays very fast. He's uh, he obviously is one of those players 
who people thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft in 2022, 32 total tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and three passes batted. I mean, he had three sacks a year before as well and 37 tackles. He's definitely one of those guys who can be a difference maker there. But there has been some discussion, not only with that street racing incident, but also because in between the combine and Georgia's pro day, he put on 10 pounds and was not able to finish the workout. And it appears because he was a little bit out of shape. So there are a lot of concerns there about work ethic as well. So I'm going to put this to you now, Adam. What do you think about Jalen Carter? And his draft stock, what do you think of him as a fit? And where do you think he might best end up? Um, <clears throat> I do think that he will slip a couple spots just because of what happened. But <clears throat> I've seen some people talk about him going out of the top 10, which I, I definitely don't see him that happening. I think he's probably the best defensive line prospect at defensive tackle since Quinnen Williams came out. So it's 2014. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. His speed, his overall power, discipline will definitely be a question. You know, you got to understand coming into the off season, everything that he's dealt with. I, I think the the weight gain is a little overblown. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when these guys, especially, get into the camp and the OTA program, that gets all settled. Um, I've talked to anybody that I know that Georgia that's been with their players, and there's been none of these comments. So, um, as far you probably like to hear this, I think Chicago would be mm. the best place for him to Whoa. go as far as, you know, I think he fits, honestly, anywhere, any system, three four four three. I'd put him in any system. But to me, hands down, Chicago is one of the best fits for him. Yeah, you know, I have to agree with you that um, I would be shocked if he slipped out of the top 10. And interestingly, he only agreed to speak to meet with teams that were that had a top 10 pick. He actually kind of betted on himself. He actually, well, actually said that um, publicly that he wasn't meeting with any team that did not have a top 10 pick. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, over the top there. But that being said, he's probably right. I mean, he is one of those um, – he's definitely an impact player that can make a huge difference. I would love it if he ended up going to the Bears at nine. I suspect he'll be gone before nine, honestly. And then, yeah. and I think uh, the other hand of this is just look from the from the Bears' perspective, although I would love to have Jalen Carter, they actually really do need some offensive line help. So I wouldn't be surprised if they trade sure. back and, and just decide to build an offensive line instead. But Jalen Carter would be quite a get at number nine any place else you think he might be a good fit i mean honestly he could probably be a good fit anywhere um but in terms of the off-field issues any any place you think would be a, a better fit for him i mean maybe if he the patriots moved up and got him would it be something that'd be helpful well, for him for or sh- for sure you know i i think you know some teams that definitely jump out for me is uh seattle at five uh mm. detroit at six just oh, basically, yeah. you know, for what they have going on with those teams, especially Detroit. Um, but with the recent trade of Jeff Akuda, I'd be shocked if Detroit doesn't go with um, either Gonzalez or Witherspoon at corner. But yes. other than the Bears, to me, those are two teams. But, again, I've talked to a lot of Falcons fans, and, like, they acquired Jeff Akuda, and they are really going to be putting a lot of um, – I hear a lot of draft capital into that defense. So Atlanta, too, there's, there's really not a team that I think doesn't fit him. Um, people have right. talked about that he's one of the best since uh, Fletcher Cox came out. Um, but yeah. I, I think the maturity level is very hard to predict, and you know, trying to read the tea leaves isn't easy. But yeah, those are a couple teams I think he'll definitely uh, would fit well with. Well, he'll definitely one of one of the more interesting players to track in uh, on draft day to see exactly how this impacts him. Because if there wasn't these off the field issues, he'd be in my book number one overall, except for those who are looking Probably. for a quarterback. Um, so let's go right. on to the next defensive player here, and that's defensive end Will Anderson out of Alabama. So he um, obviously has done uh, a lot, done really well for himself. I mean, he ran really well at the combine. He had a 40-yard dash of 4.6. 
Uh, he totaled 51 tackles in 2022 with 10 sacks and an interception return for a touchdown. Um, sometimes there are some issues regarding penalties, but un- unlike, you know, uh, other than that, there really isn't a whole lot not to like about Will Anderson. So what are your thoughts here about Will Anderson, defensive end of Alabama, and where do you think he might be a good fit? Um, you know, everyone talks about the sacks, but I, I, I look about the two, 207 pressures that he had in his career. And mm, just, wow. that really just shows how explosive he is off the edge. And, you know, I think he will have success, but will he come in and be like rookie of the year, you know, 14, 15 sacks? I'm not sure. Um, I just I look at his overall size, which isn't bad, three, you know, legit size for, you know, ed, edge rusher. But I think, you know, he'll definitely have some growing pains. Um, everyone that I talk to thinks that Arizona is the likely spot for him at number three. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I have heard there are teams that really love him. There could be a team, you know, just move a couple spots up like Seattle. Um, you, and we talked about Detroit, you know, even though they're likely to get corner, if you can have, you know, what you have right now on that defense is, is getting stacked and you can move up for a guy like Anderson, um, that would be a, a huge get. But what I really like about him is how he bends the edge. Um, <clears throat> his counters, I, I want to see more of that on the next level. Um, he, has a, he has a really sick spin move that I think that will work for him. But, again, this is the NFL, and I think they're able to ad- adapt and adjust the guys with his skill set fairly easy. So I think early on um, he's going to really have to develop his repertoire, but I think he's going to have some early success. I definitely think, you know, you'll see him get nine, ten sacks early on. And to me, if he gets past Arizona at three, I'd be surprised. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. From what everything I've seen, at least, uh, draft pundits seem to like him going to Arizona, and it makes a lot of sense there. But um, I guess there is that brings up the question, though, of, you know, is there some one thing that he's particularly – excels at and I I think there's some question as to whether he actually will be dominant at the NFL layer and at uh, at the NFL level and if all those things if there's any other trait that really makes him stand out other than the sacks because that's really what caught me obviously those sack numbers are are insane but that being said we will see and uh, some people have actually uh, said that he might be akin to Aiden Hutchinson or Chase Young I mean any thoughts on that kind of comparison no not at all totally totally different kind of prospect I just like more of a leaner more of a quick twitch and those two guys although you know they have they're they're excellent that's not the kind of players they are as far as they're not really Mm -hmm. viewed as quick twitch and will anderson he's definitely quick twitch twitch guy um like you see he can play out of the two-point stance standing up um i don't like those other guys hutchinson and young in that role i like to see them with their hand in the ground more will anderson i feel like what's great about him i think you can move him a little more around those guys i think you could stand him up even linebacker and sub packages i just feel like you know a creative defensive coordinator could do a lot of things with him but i definitely uh see you know think more of a dwight freeney kind of as far as you know uh, overall kind of skill set but he's a lot more explosive and faster than freeney though Oh, well, this is great. Well, this is going to be a big get for any team who decides to end up with them. And that brings us to the next defensive end prospect, actually, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Uh, He recorded 61 tackles in 2022, one forced fumble, seven sacks. Um, He did have a foot injury on November 12th, causing the miss a little bit uh, the rest of the season, but it shouldn't be an issue for him to get back on the field. And of course, he has um, really good measurables in terms of uh, height, arm size, hand size, weight, the whole thing. So what do you think here about Tyree Wilson, defensive end of Texas Tech, and where do you think he might slide in? Yeah, he's definitely um, opposite from what we were just talking about. He's 6'6", 275. Uh, what I like about him is the positional versatility. You know, he can slide in, slide inside on sub packages, um, really create some havoc inside, especially with stunts. 
Um, the 50 pressures last season definitely jumped out for me. Um, but, again, it, I, I hate to talk about, you know, level of competition, system, and everything like that, but mm-hmm. I'm, it's not that I'm not sold on him. I, I think that he's going to be really good, but does he have the kind of ceiling that uh, Will Anderson does? I, I don't think so. I think mm. that even though they're pretty close as far as slotted, you know, Will Anderson is slotted top three, Tyree Wilson's around that eight, nine. I think it, it's a it's a bigger gap than people think as far as the uh, edge rushers go. And he offers that inside-outside, but, again, he's not that edge that's going to bend it and really, you know, display that athletic prowess on, on every down. But, again, I think he's going to be really good. I, personally, if I was in that top ten range with the other guys on the board, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, Pittsburgh's defensive line, McCancy, but yep. he's a guy that I'm really high on. I, I personally would take him before that because I think that you can be creative with him as well. Well, that is a perfect lead-in to the next guy who is actually on our list, and that, of course, is uh, Kalija Kanti. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that we can talk about here, but um, he has, he's fast. He's an extremely fast uh, interior defender, has, has amazing amounts of speed. Uh, in 2022, um, I mean, he was, he, he's definitely one of those guys who, uh, well, let's, let's turn it over to you in a second, but he was ACC Defensive Player of the Year, recorded seven sacks, 31 tackles. I mean, he, he had seven sacks a year before as well. I mean, there's some consistency here, and, and there's a lot of um, optimism regarding what he can do at NFL level. So I'm going to turn it over to you because you obviously are a fan. Tell us what do you think about Kalija Kansi and what you think he might be, uh, where he might be able to fit in. Yeah, everyone, you know, they talk about his size. I think that's going to be a concern for some, which is just barely at 6'1", 281. So I think that that, um, that concerns some. You'll see some that will have him in the top 15. I've seen some outlets have him in the early second round. But right. what you can teach with this guy is not only does he have quick feet, his hands. I think out of all the prospects in this class, he might have some of the most violent and quick hands. And just the way he's able to be, you know, penetrated in the three technique and get up field. The, the caveat with him is you don't really bring him in to be your sole defensive tackle and just, you know, say rush the passer. I think he's, you have to have um, some supporting cast around him. You know, you you'd want to have more of that prototypical 6'6", 300-plus defensive tackle next to him to really, you know, take some of that burden off. Because I think early on, teams are going to really, you know, promote the double team on him and I'm I'll be curious to see he dealt with it pretty well at Pitt but I think mm-hmm. it's a different ball game when you're talking about the NFL um but his skill set to be a rotational guy uh early on I think that's what we'll see to be a full-time defensive tackle that's going to come in time but I think that he'll just have to really uh even though 281 is not small <laughs> like that small this day yeah. <laughs> but for the inter- for their interior you know, I, I just want to see him kind of, you know, hit that weight room, really just bulk up. You know, when you see – we talk about Aaron Donald, another former pit defensive tackle, similar uh-huh. size. Again, people always like to comp them. I don't see the comp at all, but I do see that it did – Aaron Donald, it did take him a, a little time to really learn some of the nuances of uh, of the inside game. But what I like about Canty is his pass rushing ability is better than any defensive tackle that I've, that I've seen in the last couple of years. So I think that alone – will give teams the opportunity to just move them around the defensive line and even, you know, line them up on the outside in sub packages. But I really think this kid is going to have a long and fruitful career. I, to me, he's one of my favorite players in this class. 
Yeah, no, I love it too. And of course, it's always funny to me when somebody says there's a size issue when he's like six one two eighty. That's monstrous hey. to a normal person. But you know, that being said, I, I get it. Right. I absolutely get it. Where do you think he's going to end up? Where do you think is a good place for him to slide in? Um, just based on the board and what other teams are looking for, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a team like you know, even though Tennessee just dissed out some big contracts for some of their defensive linemen, I think mm-hmm. Tennessee. To me, I think a perfect fit would be the Jets because oh, you know you have Quinn and you have Quinn and Williams right there. Um, again, I know that they have other guys that they like in the interior, but if you can get bringing Canty for what they have last, they got Juice Gardner last year. You have those two inside. I think that they would actually wreak havoc with uh, Salah. I think you got a defensive-minded coach. To me, thirteen with the Jets would be the perfect fit for him. You think that if he slides a little bit, I mean, because a, a team that I thought that might be able to benefit from him, and partially because of the other teams that are in their division, is the Chargers. You know, I mean, what yes. are your thoughts on that? Like, what if, if he slid in with the Chargers? I think there could be some serious havoc there. Uh, and, of course, you know, um, they could use defense with the Chiefs being in their division. Yeah, yeah. I, I Again, I, I'd be surprised if he slips out of the top 20, but if he can, if he can get to the uh, team like the Chargers – I think with Bosa and with a, a lot of what they have going out there, I think he would excel, of course. But again, <clears throat> I like to see you know more of a dominant uh, interior support for him. And mm-hmm. he Chargers aren't bad. I'm not knocking him for that, but I do see other fits where he could definitely thrive more in the system. You know, you talk about the Patriots at 14. He yeah. definitely seems like a Bill Belichick kind of guy that he could just mm-hmm. move around. You know, we see that Bill Belichick likes to, you know, change up his system constantly. And I, I think 14 with the pass would definitely, uh, other than the Jets, if he falls out of the Jets, that would be a good fit as well. But I think, but saying that, the pass, they, they desperately need the offensive line help too. So Yeah, no, that's a good point, though. The, the Patriots do like to build defense um, in draft, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. Let's get on to the next guy, and this is the defensive edge. Um, defensive end edge rusher Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa Um, and this is going to be another one of those that uh, you know some people are on and some people are not and um, I'd love to hear what you have to say about him Uh, there's there's certainly a lot of discussion here how do you feel about Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa yeah no I I like him he's a he's a power guy he's a power rusher Uh, you know he's not going to really fool anyone with uh, any quick twitch movement uh, his hands, strong hands, but he's really not many counters right now, so that's just something he's going to develop. Iowa is not really known for developing, you know, their edge guys. So 6'5", 272, he's going to rely a lot on his power uh, to begin with. Um, what He had 46 pressures last year to 271 pass rushing snaps, so he's got the experience. I'm just not as high on him as a lot of people are, as like, because I've seen people put him in the top ten. I have mm-hmm. him more out of, after that 15 range. Uh, you know, you talk about Green Bay. Uh, you talk about Detroit, even um, the Steelers. Um, I like him, but, again, he needs a lot of work on, you know, his counters. Uh, his feet uh, don't really jump out as far as, you know, quick feet. I think he's just going to rely on a lot on power early on. And I think on the college level you can get away with that. But in the NFL, you know, you better have a lot more to you. Because, you know, you look at Hutchinson with Detroit, although he relied on a lot of bull rush and power moves, he had a lot of counters already coming in. So he had a lot going for him already. So I think Mm -hmm. Van Ness will be good. But I'm just not as high on his – I've seen people talk about all pro and stuff like that. I think it will take some time. and He'll be a solid, you know, eight to ten sack guy. 
but I don't think he's going to blow anybody away with, you know, potential rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year uh, accolades or anything like that. I like him again, but I, mm-hmm. I just want to see more twitch from a guy that I'm picking that early. Yeah, and so interestingly, he, he was second team all Big Ten. Uh, he did lead the Hawkeyes with 10.5 tackles for a loss and six sacks in 13 games played, but he actually never started a game in 2022. Right. Does that bother you at all in terms of his play time or not being a starter at all at the college level? Well, when you're taking somebody in the top 20, that's that's not something you want to see. Even though he had 271 pass uh, pass rushes uh, last year, yep. that's that's a pretty high number. So even right. in the situational running, like if you look at the numbers, that's that's close to starting level. So it's not that much of a concern. But um, not having that experience to be a full time starter in there, again, that, that's just going to take him a little time to get acclimated to the. Because going from Iowa to the NFL, it's going to be a huge jump. But I'm not that concerned with that. I'm just, again, I think um, expectations should be tempered with his overall ceiling. Yep. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next guy. This is Brian Breesey, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. Um, Of course, he totaled 13 tackles in 2022, two and a half sacks, solid run defender. Um, He's certainly, uh, he had some, he obviously made the news for other reasons, off the field things. He tragically had lost his younger sister uh, to cancer. And of course, uh, prayers there with him, but he, is um but he's definitely uh, performed when he was on the field and he, of course really inspirational his story. So what do you think about Brian Breesey, defensive tackle out of Clemson? You know my thing with Clemson defensive tackles and edge rushers at Clemson we just we get a lot of hype almost every draft with them and then they kind of just fall flat. You know you talk <laughs> about Shaq Lawson and some of the other yep. guys that come out and I don't really want to put them in that mold but I think their system really helped guys excel and you know he's got the the pedigree the size six five uh just under 300 pounds uh torn acl in 2000 uh was it uh 2020 i believe so that's mm-hmm. just something to that's watch right. for those interior guys uh, uh, but yep. again i I've, I've seen people talk about him in the top uh 15 i'm i'm not convinced i just the way the board is even if you need a defensive tackle there's other edges there's cornerbacks offensive tackles that i would go ahead of him so solid guy you know he's got the pass rushing ability i'm just not i'm just not high on him i guess as others are i think that he has a limit to his potential ceiling i think he'll be a great role player in the nfl but will he be dominant to you know really back up a top 20 selection i personally don't see it to me he just has i don't i don't like to use the word average but that's pretty much what i have on him as far as ceiling overall ceiling you know in the next couple years where will he be I don't think he'd be, he'll be in the top ten tackles. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course, and and just I actually made a little mistake there. It was twenty twenty one at the ACL tear, but uh, all those ACL, yeah. being said, he's obviously recovered from that. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, any thoughts on where do you think he might slide? He might slide in. Um, I I don't think he's going to go as high as a lot of people think. I think you know look for you know Miami, um, the Ravens. Although they should probably look at other positions, uh, skill <laughs> positions. You know that's yes. somewhere that's somewhere to watch for him. Um, the Vikings, um, they really had some issues with their defense. Particular, everyone looks at their twenty uh, sixth ranked defensive backfield last year, and a lot of that starts up front in the trenches. So I could definitely see a team like Minnesota, you know, taking a look at him at twenty three. Yep, and I wouldn't be surprised if he slipped into the second round, honestly. Um, so yeah. that being said, let's go on to uh, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. So interestingly, uh, and it was interesting because I, I, I looked at this obviously after the combine, but he uh, really put on a show at the combine. 4.39 um, 40-yard dash 
which was the best amongst all edge rushers in the combine. And interestingly enough, um, was second best all time. So in the last 10 years, I should say, second best uh, uh, in the last 10 years in terms of 40-yard dash. Uh, he had a uh, another really nice showing in vertical 41.5, which was the best of any defensive end edge rusher in the combine over the last 10 years. Uh, and he also managed to um, do well in, in terms of on-field and everything else. So uh, he, uh, he made a real impression in the combine, one of those guys who I think really benefited from the combine. What are your thoughts here on Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia? You know, he's got one of the, the quickest first steps in the entire class. So that's what I love about him. As far as his overall size, I think 38 – Although it's not uncommon that you'll see, you know, full-time edge rushers, you know, come into the league with that size. It's a definite concern to me if you're trying to put him on the edge and, you know, ask him to get you, you know, 12 to 15 sacks a year. Um, I don't know. The more I look at him, um, I like him in sub-packages, but as a full-time outside linebacker in a 3-4 or even Mm -hmm. like a wide 9, like we see Mm -hmm. sometimes Philadelphia do, I I think that that would be ideal to me – you know, before you even say it, Philadelphia seems uh-huh. like the perfect fit for him because, you know, they're getting a little old in the tooth. They lost a few guys, a few guys yep. back on one-year contracts. Um, I think that a team like Philadelphia would – because I hesitate to put him in, in the 3-4, but that's where I see him right now. But other than that, um, Philadelphia have him in sub-packages to begin, and then in, within a year or two, I see him being, you know, maybe – another 15, 20 pounds, get him in that 250 range, I think he'll be a full-time edge guy at that point. But right now, if he was just a little bigger, I I think you would definitely see him in the top 10. But right now, I think he's just going to slip out of that top 10 range. Um, Mm -hmm. And we said, I said Philadelphia, so, because they have two picks, right? So Philadelphia is at 10. Uh, That might be a little rich, because I think that they're going to be looking at other positions. Uh, But I think, Number 10, although a little early, makes sense. Um, It makes even more sense if, you know, he somehow drops number 30 at Philadelphia. But I think he's going to be really good in time. Yeah, what what about uh, Tampa Bay at 19? I've heard some uh, people talk about him kind of sliding in over there at 19. Yeah, he he makes some sense there. Um, Again, um, just about the the whole supporting cast there. I do like Vita, uh, Vita Vea. Over there, so you know, you line him up next to him. That's a guy that'll take up a lot of pressure, allow him to, you know, really go more one on one. I, I want to see him translate a lot more of his finesse moves into power because he's not going to be able to get away with, you know, a, a lot of the quick twitch stuff and spins he's always been accustomed to. He has violent hands, which I do like, but you want to mm-hmm. see him really just, you know, get stronger, bulk up. But now I, I don't see him for, as a good fit for a team like Tampa Bay because I think that they would just ask him to just line up on the edge and just be more of a traditional edge, and that's not mm-hmm. how I see him. Okay, all right, that sounds good. And let's move on to the next guy, which is Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. Uh, he totaled 40 tackles, 6.5 sacks, and one forced fumble and two passes defended in 2022. Um, he seemed like perhaps he's getting ready for the draft <laughs> late in the season, actually. But that being said, right. uh, he definitely did um, did what he had to do when he was there. So what do you think about Miles Murphy, the defensive end out of Clemson? Again, we'll talk about Clemson, about you know the, the <laughs> disappointment of – a lot of them on the next level. Um, right. He he's gonna he he's gonna give you some of those plays that you're wowed, and then you're gonna see other plays just not understanding. You know what he what he, what he's doing. Like he'll do a spin move the wrong way. 
you know, just something mm-hmm. silly like that that will, you know, call, calls for concern. I think he will be good um, as far as his overall ceiling. I'm just not sold that um, he's going to be able to take it to the next level. I kind of feel like what we've seen from him, he has 76 pressures over the last two seasons. I think that he can get better, um, but right now um, he um, – what am I trying to say? Um, if he can really refine the bull rush, because he at 6'5", 258, he has a size – he tries to be like a little more finesse, which I like mm. in, the, in the edge, but I want to see him utilize that bull rush more because in the NFL, he's going to have to do that. So he's really going to have to get with the NFL coaching, you know, the weight room just to really, you know, bring it all together. But I, I can see him as a guy that's going to give you, you know, 12, 13 sacks a year um, as his ceiling. But again, it's a Clemson guy and just, it's just been so many years <laughs> of disappointment. And I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm, 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 I don't know if they were trigger shy uh, with yes. a guy like him, but I just think I, I'm I'm tempering my expectations of how good he can be. I think he needs to be surrounded with a lot of talent. I think if you're trying to rely on him to be the guy, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that, to be honest with you. Right, and and, and I don't think this is a situation where he'd, he'd have a lot of talent around him, but from a coaching perspective, might be solid for him. What if he were to go with the Seattle Seahawks, you know, later with their second pick, like around 20? Yeah, I think I think that that would be an excellent fit for him because I think you go to a team like that, he's not going to be tasked with just being the man. I think right away you'll probably line him up. Not every down, you know, obvious passing downs. Uh, the run is where I, I, I do have some concerns with him because he, he's mm-hmm. capable, but I just I don't see him as a dominant run stuffer, and I want to see that with, you know, some of the edges that are around his size, you know, that 260 range, 270. You know, I want to see them do better against the run, so – I think Seattle will be a good fit for him, though. All right. So let's go to the last guy I have on my list, and then I'm going to ask you for your thoughts or other people to keep an eye on. But Will McDonald, the defensive end, edge rusher out of Iowa State, he recorded 36 tackles, five sacks, and a pass batted in 2022. Everyone talks about his speed, his athleticism, his, uh, his kind of natural uh, instinct to get to the quarterback. Uh, what do you think about Will McDonald, defensive end out of Iowa State? It'll be it'll be interesting to see you know where he goes because again we're talking about just like Nolan Smith, um, six three two thirty nine uh, I think a lot of people and I agree with that uh, three four outside linebacker is I think where he's going to have his most success you know he relies a lot of speed off the edge, um, not as much um, power that's something that he's going to have to really dedicate a lot of time to because his overall playing strength is, is a bit of a concern for me. Another guy though, I think you can, you know, plug in a wide nine and he can be a sub package guy. But for right now, I'd be concerned um, taking him in the top 25. I think to me, he's slipping in the later part of the first round, even, even early second round. Cause I don't think, again, he's not, he's more of your tweener kind of guys. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, he's not going to play that same position um, full-time edge uh, like he did. And I think that, Having him being able to roam more, to, you know, on his feet, not his hand on the ground, I think that's the best way to utilize him. So um, as far as best fit, um, I'm not exactly sure. You know, I'm just <laughs> looking at some of these You're times there's in, no in fit. top 15. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think that there's a lot of teams that can really do well with him. I've heard people talk about Atlanta, but Miami might be um, a decent fit. But, again, I, I think that um, that's a little too too. Oh, they forfeited their pick, excuse me. So it's not going to work. Um if you mentioned the Chargers, well, second round. Uh, Chargers would actually, yeah, Chargers would be a good fit. Or if he does slip to the second round, uh, Miami would be. But yeah, I, I think he's got a lot of hype during the draft process. But I think you know, there's scouts that I talk to and stuff. There's a lot of concerns 
that he can be a full-time edge. Because although, you know, the Georgia kid, I have a lot more faith in him that he can do it in time. I think McDonald, I'm not sure if he can ever be that guy. I think his best fit is um, outside linebacker in a 3-4. Okay. All right. Well, lots of great information there. But there's got to be some other guys that you have your eyes on here. Are, are any other uh, defensive tackles, defensive ends that you have your eyes on that you're going to be tracking closely in the upcoming draft? Yeah, I actually tried um, to get an interview with him. I'm going to butcher this name. I could, he referred <laughs> me to his agent, and it didn't really get any for um, Out of Northwestern, um, Dean Bure, A-D-E-B-A-W-O-R-E, man, fast. Um, I really like <laughs> what I saw during the pre-draft pre process. I don't think any defensive uh, lineman saw his stock raise any higher than him. At 6'2", 282, I think that there were concerns of how explosive he could be. But, man, mm -hmm. he ran that four four nine, and I think he just blew everyone away. I think that's when he went from a potential, you know, late second round, third round, to a first round guy. Because I think the, his explosiveness, his power, the way he can transition, I think that you can pretty much put him in any system and have a lot of success for him. So out of all the defensive tackle prospect, defensive tackle, defensive end, he's the one that I have my eye on. Because I think he's going to be one of those guys that he'll be a lot better in the pros than he was in college. Because not only is he very fast, He's very strong, and you just don't see that type of combination from a lot of these guys coming out. But, yeah, he's one of the guys that I've really had my eye on. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you're you're absolutely right. Blazing speed there, and of course, I, I believe it's <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it too, but it's Addy Tamiwa, Addy Barra, I think is what it is. Um, I'm, you do I, better I'm, than me. I, it's gonna be close. It's gonna it's gonna be close, I think. But yeah, somebody I have, uh, obviously I watch a lot of Big Ten football, um, being an <clears> Illinois <throat> fan. So did have a chance to kind of watch some of his game uh, when he was at Northwestern. He is uh, some, a force to be reckoned with. I love that. I love, love, love that pick. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one and turn over to your Washington Commanders because that's one team I didn't hear you talk about much during when we talked about where these guys should land up. So tell me, what are your thoughts here on the Commanders and what type of draft strategy they should have? And are there any targets that you have in mind that you'd like the commanders to, to look at in terms of their draft. Yeah, for sure. You know, after re-signing Payne and then they re-signed Allen previously, defensive defensive tackle is definitely out for me. I'm looking at a couple late, late, late round guys. Um, and as far as edge, even though it's kind of up in there with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I think, again, they'll be looking maybe that day, th day three range. To me, and I'll echo what every fan is basically saying, offensive line and cornerback. And most fans will tell you offensive line. But, again, as far as the way the board's going to fall, you know, you have Broderick Jones out of Georgia, um, Anton mm -hmm. Harrison out of Oklahoma, um, who else did I evaluate? Uh, Dewan Jones out of OSU. Uh, I have him more later, first round, early second. And then Darnell Wright is one of my favorite guys out of Tennessee. He's a guy that plays mm -hmm. right tackle, guard. Um, so mm -hmm. those are just a couple guys I really like. Um, you get into the second round, uh, Jalen Duncan from Maryland's offensive tackle. I really like um, Cody Mosh, uh, North Dakota State. Uh, he's a guy that he's played every position on the offensive line at the senior bowl. He excelled at left guard, so I really like him. But to me, if you just look at the way the team is currently constructed, they made some, you know, wholesale uh, signings in free agency. They got uh, Wiley, which is a right tackle guard out of Kansas City. So I think he gives mm -hmm. you options on that right side at either position. Um, as far as um, the left tackle position, I think that's definitely going to have to be, you know, if a guy like Broderick Jones, you know, we talk about Paris Johnson, potentially mm -hmm. fall to them at 16. Those are going to be some guys to really watch. 
But I just think the real value in the first round in the top 20 is a corner. Um, you know, the, the, the names that uh, we keep hearing, Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, oh, yeah. Christian Gonzalez, Oregon, Joey Porter Jr., Penn State, Deontay Banks, Maryland, Manuel Forbes, Mississippi State, Kim, uh, Cam Smith, South Carolina, Kelly Ringo, UGA, and Justin Brent's Kansas State. Those are all yep. guys that will be in that top 50 range. So I really want to see them get one of those guys. If, like I said, that's why I think Washington put himself in a good position right now, that between the first round and the second round, um, they'll be able to fill those positions. And just like last year we saw, um, they, they traded back a couple picks, and they were able to get Jahan Dotson by moving back a couple picks, and they yes. actually ended up using that pick on Sam Howe and yes. uh, Cole Turner, a tight end. So I'd like to see them do that again. But you just never know how the board's going to fall. Um, but I do think that uh, in the top 15 before Washington picks, we're probably going to see uh, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and Porter off the board. So, again, yeah. that gets you into the discussion. Will they, you know, they have a guy like Peter Skoransky that could be on the board. My issue with a guy like him is I don't see him as a blindside protector at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And I'm not is- sure I want to invest, uh, you know, uh, for, for a right tackle that early on. So I think right tackle guard – he has a lot of upside, but to me, if you're at 16 and you're watching, you're going to stay put at that. I just love the, the depth of corner because I think he's got size, speed, uh, guys right. that have just been proven in, on the college level. So any of the guys that I mentioned as far as cornerbacks, um, like I said, there's about six or seven that will be in that top 50 range. I think that's definitely got to be the pick for Washington because if you talk about Benjamin St. Juice, uh, concussion, right. concussion protocol, he's been uh, frequent injuries. You know, a guy like Kendall Fuller on the other side, uh, only 20, about to turn 28, but sometimes feels a little older than that. Um, they just don't have much depth back there. They did get Cam, Cam Dantzler from the Vikings after they released him. So to me, although offensive line is huge for, you know, enemy in this new, new look offensive line, yep. I think that the second, third round boasts a lot of talent. So I think when you're in that first round, even if you stay put or trade back, cornerback's got to be the pick for one of those guys I mentioned. Yeah, and so I, I, let me backtrack a little bit. So with Skaronsky, the, the tackle out of Northwestern, is your concern the arm size? Is that what you're concerned with? Partially, partially, because partially, mm-hmm. I know that that's redundant. A lot of people use that. But yep. just his overall reaction time, um, everything that he does well, um, he's able to really lock down guys that come at him with a bull rush and power. But I have concerns with when him facing speed rushes and guys that can really get low and bend the edge. I think that he'll have some difficulties that early on. And I think if a team wants him to be a future left tackle, the best way to get him acclimated would be, you know, maybe start him off at right tackle, get him going. Cause I know he can play right tackle for sure. And then maybe in time, but I just, I just don't see him as a left tackle. So that would be my concern with him. Mm-hmm. And one more question for you, and, and this is not for your first round pick, but let's say that down at 47, for some reason, Hendon Hooker or Will Levis ends up falling there. Would you want the commanders to pick up a quarterback at that point? No, no. Levis is a guy I, I'm, I'm not sold on at all. To me, I think he's complete fool's gold. The, good, the thing with him is you're able to get a really good um, judge on his tape because he did play in a uh, pro system. So Mm -hmm. I think that although he has the look, he has the arm strength, and a lot of people fall in love with that, especially during uh, the combine and and pro days. I'm just seeing – I'm just not seeing that. And as Mm -hmm. far as Hendon Hooker, um, if if he can somehow slip to the third round, which no way I see it happen, I think someone's going to actually grab him in the end of the first round. Um, That's a guy, you know, he'll sit for the year. 
You can develop him. Um, the age is going to concern people. I think he's going to turn 26 when the season starts, so it's not a huge concern for me. But mm-hmm. currently with what Washington has and Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, I, 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 just, I think that that's, that's a wasted pick for them because I think with the first three picks in that, you know, that top 90, 100 range, I mm-hmm. think you've got to adjust the offensive line, corners, and, and linebackers. I just think that that would be a luxury pick, and I just, I just don't see it happening. But what I can see happening is a team, you know, if we see three or four quarterbacks go in that top 15, I would not be surprised if you see a team try to talk to Washington, you know, trying to move up maybe from the low 20s. Um, up to 16 to try to grab a guy like him because I think he does have tremendous upside. But again, yep. you're going to have to deal with um, that uh, knee injury, and he's probably uh, you're probably not going to see. It's going to be a redshirt year for him. But no, I, I think that that would just be a bad move for Washington. I, I've scouted Howell heavily prior to mm-hmm. the draft. Um, he right. was a guy I was really high on. I had him a late first, early second round grade. So when he slipped to the fifth, I was shocked. So. I have a lot of, personally, I just have a lot of confidence that Sam Howell can be, you know, above average, middle of the pack, and, you know, even better with that in time, especially with the type of weapons he has. So I just don't think, you know, you waste a pick on quarterback that early. But when you start to get into the, you know, the sixth round, you know, a guy like uh, DTR from UCLA, that's a guy I'm about to put an article out. He's a guy I really like. You're talking about the enemy is really creative. What does he like to do? RPOs, move the pocket. That's certainly a guy I'd like to see later in the draft. Yeah, and, and I, I asked that reason. I asked it for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I'd actually do, agree with you. I'm not a big fan of Will Levis at all, but I am a huge fan of Hendon Hooker. I think he has yeah. a lot. I mean, if he wasn't, if he didn't have the injury, uh, I think we'd be talking mm-hmm. about him as, as being one of those top three guys going in terms of quarterback. And he's just so accurate. I mean, the guy is so accurate, 70% completion rate, almost two years in a row, 69% the year before. So, I mean, he's just one of those guys who I think can be a like shows to me that he could be a great uh, player at the NFL layer uh, at NFL, NFL level. But uh, yeah, interesting because I've heard a lot of commanders fans talk about, you know, maybe taking a quarterback in the second or third round, if there is a good one that slips that far. But um, I suspect hooker will be gone in the first round. All right. Well, here we are. They're going to hit the air horn on this. We've done this many times in the past. And that's what we got for the show. And wow, it was awesome having you back on the show, Adam. I mean, I have to say that our, uh, Average listeners' IQ raised by at least double digits uh, having you on the show. <laughs> Typically, we lower it by about double digits. So this is a real <laughs> huge shift for them and a huge gift for all our listeners having you back here and joining us. Uh, don't tell this to Trevor, but, you know, not much of a scout. He's a great guy, <laughs> but I'm just saying, just saying, Trev, if you're listening to this, we love you. But anyway, that being said, give us your social media, uh, Adam, so people can follow you. Yeah, check me out um, at Okay, it's, it looks like that Adam accidentally managed to cut himself off, and uh, he has dropped. <laughs> so I will go ahead and tell everybody that you should definitely check out his show and check out his website. He has a, a couple different things going on. The Burgundy and Gold Report is his website. is a fantastic website, and is a place that you definitely want to um, to check out. You can also follow him. Um, and you can follow him on social media at uh, the ba- the B and G report. So it's at the B and G report on Twitter and you will not regret it. He is definitely one of the best when it comes to that. And he has some amazing, amazing um, stuff that he puts up both on YouTube and the podcast and on his website, the burgundy gold report.com. So once again, thank you everyone for listening and wasting time for us. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time and on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.